Today, we're going to be talking about the power of stories, how they shape our world, especially the stories we tell ourselves, why the story you're telling yourself may be holding you back from your best version, and how to identify that story so you can start rewriting it. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. Once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, I trail off for effect. We listen to stories. We listen to stories all the time, right? We know the story I'm already talking about. And we love stories. The most powerful stories are the ones we tell ourselves. But the stories that we tell ourselves aren't always kind to us. So today we're talking about the power of stories and how they shape our world, especially the ones we're telling ourselves. You'll discover what the story is that you're telling you and why it may be holding you back. And finally, we're going to show you how to rewrite that story. All right, let's dig in. So I'm a mama, right? I've told my fair share of bedtime stories. So once upon a time, land far, far away. For my kids, these stories are fun and entertaining, but they're also a way to teach them about values and teach them the lessons. You know, you bake in a lesson in the midst of these these uh, bedtime stories, right? Good triumphs over evil. Everything works out in the end. You know the cliches, but I'm intentional about the stories I'm telling my kids because stories stick with us. They engage a part of our brain that helps us remember. They're buried deep, deep, deep into our brain. Sometimes people think uh, they outgrow stories. They, they're outgrowing story time when they're no longer kids, but that's just not true. It's still how we learn. Even as adults, we're telling ourselves stories all the time. And many of them are about ourselves. Sometimes it's about uh, an event that happened. Sometimes a tragic event that's happened in our past, something painful. But we tell ourselves a story around it. And that's where the real damage can occur. Because we can hurt ourselves with the story that we've assigned to it. Often it's not about what actually happened. Where we really hurt ourselves is around the story we tell ourselves about what happened. We know this. Words have power. But the most powerful words are the ones we're using to ourselves. Life's less about the event that occurred and more about the story we told ourselves about the event. I'm going to give you an example of the two soldiers. I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, uh, Date with Destiny, where he told the story of the two soldiers who fought um, in Vietnam, and they both saw their friends shot in front of them. Now, these were two totally different men, but at first, the seminar organizers thought they were the same person. The same tragic event had happened to them with shocking similarity. They'd never met, but their circumstances were, were very much the same. But here's where they differed. Afterwards, after this this tragedy had happened of, of seeing your friend killed right before you, one soldier believed you shouldn't love other people because it hurts too much. He'd been really hurt, obviously, by this event. So he was depressed. He didn't make strong connections in life. I mean, this is how he walked through life because he believed that the stronger the connection, the more it was going to hurt if you lost them. The second soldier, exact same event, took away a very different meaning. He made a conscious choice to have a great life, and he did. He loved passionately. He had a great family, a business, because the meaning he assigned to the event, the event of watching his friend die, was very different. 
he decided that it meant that life was precious and not to be wasted. Same event, but he told himself a different story. Here's another example of two people having an identical event occur in their lives, but telling themselves a different story. There were twin sons whose father had lost his job. He became, uh, you know, desperate, needed to feed his family. The father made a terrible choice. He robbed a convenience store and in the heat of the moment, accidentally shot the clerk. He was in prison for the rest of his life. But the two sons of this man couldn't be more different in how they handled that event. Shockingly, one son repeated the exact same crime in the future and also went to prison. The other son, happy family man, became a vice president of a company. Radically different outcomes. So they asked the son in prison, why did your life turn out like this? He replied, how else could my life have turned out? Look who my father was. Very simple. It was uh, it was obvious to him. He felt doomed to repeat his father's decision. So then when the second son, the VP, was asked the same question, why did your life turn out like this? You know what he replied with? How else could my life have turned out? Look who my father was. Exact same thing. Exact same event. They looked at it the same in the sense of, oh, because of who my father was, I was doomed to this life that we both created. But they both created radically different lives. The meaning they took from the same event was different. One lived a life of crime and repeated the history. He became his father, while the other completely changed the trajectory of his life so he didn't become his father. For both the soldiers and the twins, the event that occurred in the past never changed. But once they changed the story around the event, the experience of it changed. They no longer felt hamstrung by the event because ultimately, we're not our past. We're not our childhoods. We are not the tragic events that may have occurred We are the stories we tell ourselves about those events. And this is a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. You see, this is at the very heart of my belief and my message on this podcast. This is what I stand for most. Change your story and you will change your life. Now, hear me. I didn't say change your circumstances. Change your story. There are thousands of examples of it. I've helped facilitate this in so many people, and I did it repeatedly in my own life. Believe me, if you knew a younger version of April, you'd be shocked. Very surprised. Let's just say I wasn't voted most likely to succeed, but I was struggling. I was struggling with events that had occurred. The really what I was struggling with was the story I told myself about those events was the story I was telling myself over and over again about those events. Now, I just chose a different story and I have a completely different life. And there's so many examples of that, even very notable examples, like some of the most positive people. You look at someone like, you know, the Dalai Lama or Nelson Mandela. They were not positioned for success. Very terrible things happened to them. But they they chose a different story around it and became these exceedingly positive, wonderful, happy people. So we love we love Nelson Mandela. We love the Dalai Lama. But let's bring it to someone, maybe someone that we know, someone that I work with, Martin. So Martin's an entrepreneur. And he he desperately wanted to grow his business, but he kept hitting this this ceiling and it took a bit to understand why, Um, because we're not usually aware of our stories. Exactly. We kind of have we see the edges of them, but we don't see the whole narrative and we don't see that a lot of the stories aren't really tied to facts or they're loosely tied to facts. And we certainly don't see all the problems they're causing us. So Martin came to me with with a pretty simple request that business owners do. He wanted to increase his revenue. 
He had a good suite of products. He was delivering well in the marketplace, but he couldn't break that seven figure. Why? There was this glass ceiling he just couldn't break through. And he wanted to know why. Well, actually, let me take a step back. Martin didn't really want to know why. He just wanted to break through the the ceiling. Well, after a a series of discussions on his uh, everything from his business model, his growth strategies, all the mechanics of 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 the business itself, we finally stumbled upon the real reason. Because Martin had in the past two businesses before that he got close to seven figures and they both failed. Even though he really wanted this multiple seven-figure business, this was his dream. This is what he was vying for. This is what he was pushing for. He was unknowingly protecting himself from that self-sabotaging. And he didn't realize it. He thought maybe he needed a new product. He needed a different market. Um, He needed a new marketing strategy. Yeah, all those things can certainly affect that. But having two failed businesses that um, fell apart roughly in the same stage, that's really what was hamstringing him. But once he told himself a new story about those experiences, once he reframed it, that those two businesses had to happen to give him the experience on how to grow a business past a million dollars, those first two businesses were not evidence that this third business would fail, but rather that was evidence that this third business would be a success. Once he believed that, he broke right through that ceiling. I'm April Garcia, an international business advisor performance coach, serial entrepreneur, traveler, mama, wife, and just about everything in between. I've made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I only advise great executives and ambitious entrepreneurs on growing their business, having the right mindset, and contributing more to their world. Let's talk about another example. We're going to talk about getting to C-suite. So I've had several clients that I've worked with in the past that struggle with this concept of C-suite. So if you're not familiar with it, it's it's just a, a title for like executive staff, the top of the company. So like a CEO is the chief executive officer or the CFO chief financial officer. So it's the top echelon of the, the corporation. But in the corporate world, this can be quite the esteemed title, right? Many professionals spend their whole careers chasing the C in their title. And typically when you have those positions, it's not only that you will in many parts of the world make a lot of money and have excellent stock options and perks and all these amazing things, but you are dramatically influencing the outcome of a large organization. It's it's sort of symbolic to you and to others that you've arrived, at least professionally. So kind of a backstory of C-suite. Many professionals are working towards this role. However, here's the flip side to that pursuit, to getting to this upper echelon of an organization. Many people, though working super hard to become C-suite, don't consider themselves C-suite material, even though they are. I mean, if you're operating in C-suite and you're effective at your job, then you are C-suite material. But I'm going to tell you a story about one of them. So Diane was in management at a large engineering firm. She was she's super competent. Um, she frequently outworked her peers. Um, I should say outperformed her peers uh, by a factor of two. She worked her fanny off. She struggled with feeling competent in this role, though confident in this role, even though she's very qualified. She was always very ambitious. She's been like that since she was a little girl. And she wanted to take the next step in her career and move into a COO role. But she kept telling herself another story. She kept saying, I don't think I'm the kind of person to be a CEO of of this kind of company. She had this voice in her head, the director, the the position she was in previously, that was her ceiling, that her her story would end there. Um, And she 
you know, to add further insult, that she'd better be damn grateful she even got the director title at all. And so she kept sabotaging herself. She kept telling herself the wrong story to become this this next level in the organization, the COO. But she's she's wildly capable. She's very bright, very resourceful. But because the story she was telling herself was the ceiling is director, she was in conflict. What to do? What to do? Well, we gave her a new story. We crafted the story of how Diane was C-suite material. Indeed, she was. Again, these are just terms. What the heck is C-suite? Anyhow, it's just a random term someone coined years ago, and it became this status thing. And people are killing themselves with all-nighters and beta blockers just to get the, the elusive C in their title. If you are capable, if your aspirations are high, then go for it. But don't get caught up on, am I good enough to have this term, this C-suite? We can get up in our heads about this. You just got to crush your job that you were made to do. And perhaps a more uh, more common example is, we see this a lot of time, people saying, people that go out and run and say, oh, I, oh no, no, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Liz, I see you across the street from me. If I see you put on your earbuds and you go running down our street, you are a runner, my friend. Yay, you. Don't don't worry that everyone's expectations will go up. They don't think you got to be a Carl Lewis you're doing good, Liz. Just keep running. But as I'm talking about this, about the power of the stories we tell ourselves, I want you to be thinking, whether you're Liz who runs but doesn't want to call herself a runner, whether you're Diane that actually is C-suite material but just tells herself that she's not, whatever that story is, what's the story you're telling yourself? Are you a are you a struggling artist? I mean, what? who wants to struggle? What are you struggling about? Don't let that be your identity. Choose a different identity. You can be the wildly successful artist whose, whose art is on every wall. Be that person. That person doesn't struggle as much and it's a better story. People can say, I'm bad with people. I'm not going to be good at sales. That's just a story. If you start to tell yourself, hey, I'm really good with people, imagine how differently you show up. With no further action, with no further training, no further schooling, no, you didn't need to get the MBA. You just had to believe that you were good with people. Heck, you can even, you can change confidence issues like that. You can change insecurities like that. We just tell ourselves a different story. Stop telling yourself you're insecure. Start telling yourself you're the bomb and you will start to believe it. So what are you telling you about you? Before you answer that question, or maybe you've already answered that question, let's let's talk about a reference. You guys know I'm a voracious reader. You know my go-to topics, everything from business and time management, mindset, high performance, parenting, anything that makes us live a bigger, fuller, more intentional life. And trust me, there is no shortage of books and authors who give their thoughts on the idea of rewriting your story. But let's look at one. Let's look at an older one, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. He tackles this idea head on. He says that the truth is my world is nothing more than the thoughts I have about my life experiences. That's it. It's just the story I'm telling myself about what I've experienced. Imagine taking back that power to be able to write your own story, to rewrite your world. What would you do with that power? Because you got it. You have it already. Can you think of that story you've been telling yourself, that thing that's been holding you back? Do you know it now? Don't worry. We'll wait. You got it? You got something? 
Uh, I see some head nods. We're good. Let's start rewriting this. Let's turn this into action. So the first step in rewriting your story, again, it can be a small story. It can be a real big story. Um, Let's identify that old story. So to do this, you're going to grab a journal, grab a piece of paper. What do you got? Are you in your car? Pull over, grab a piece of paper and set aside some time to really examine somewhere in your life that you felt stuck, frustrated. What's that story? And is it still serving you? And I say serving you because sometimes stories, even bad stories, are serving us. We're getting some kind of payoff from that story. Maybe we're justifying some of our poor behavior because we've got that story. The kind of work, this kind of work is similar to other work we've done on the podcast because getting to that next level of business, success, love, family, it requires that we rewrite our stories. A lot of times people grow to that next level that they, they they weren't sure if they were possible, but then they silently sabotage themselves until they shrink back down. Not you, not here, not now, not today. You've got tools to keep you from doing that. Your stories, they can be sneaky. Well, that's why we got to talk about them. We got to dig into them a little bit. Sometimes we believe these old stories because they we believe they serve us. They justify us to find these stories. We have to dig deep and ask why. Why am I stuck? Why do I believe this? But keep digging and you're going to find it. Most importantly, you got to change it. So now I said that some people's stories result from trauma. It can be it can be a lie that we tell ourselves. It can be stereotype. It can be some leftover from childhood like, oh, I'm bad at math. People say that all the time. My question is, when did you start believing you were bad at math? Oh, I've always been bad at math. I've, I've known that I was bad at math. I think I first realized it when I was in the second grade. Oh, all right. So this belief that you've established in the second grade because you struggled with multiplication tables, you still believe at 40 that 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 you can't look at a number and do a percentage? You get you you see, you know, a receipt and you're trying to calculate a tip and you get nervous because of something that happened in the second grade. Rewrite it. Believe that you are good at math and you can start seeing evidence for that. Or sometimes, um, you know, tying back to childhood, people say, oh, I don't like staying active. I don't like anything related to physical fitness. And a lot of times it'll tie back to, well, I hated P.E., I got chose last for dodgeball. I I couldn't dribble. I was terrible at PE. Oh my gosh, that was the seventh grade. You might really like running now. You might really like cycling or Zumba or something else that gets your heart rate above a stationary level. You might like it. Do not think you don't just because of seventh grade PE. Nobody liked seventh grade PE except for like, I don't know, Steve. Steve liked it, but that guy, nobody likes Steve. Nobody likes Steve. Don't base it off of Steve. Don't base it off of you in the seventh grade because that's just an awkward time. Go out and try it again. Rewrite your story. Find something else that you really enjoy. Because no matter where your story came from, at any point you get to decide if you keep telling yourself it. It doesn't matter how long that's been your story. You can change it. You can redefine yourself. At any point, you can just tell yourself a different story and be a different person. And let's be really clear about something. A tiger can absolutely change his stripes. That tiger just needs to want it bad enough. So let's pull us back to action again. So once you've identified that story, you keep telling yourself it's time to rewrite it. So on that journal page, you got it? Do you have it out? You have your pen? Make sure we're getting this down. And underneath that old story, underneath that old story, start writing the new one, what you're going to believe about yourself, what you're deciding today to believe about you. 
And if you feel like you're distorting the past or lying to yourself, don't. Studies have shown over and over again how poorly people actually recall events that they've witnessed. You are remembering it incorrectly. Anyhow, let's rewrite it. If you were given up for adoption when you were a baby, I'm sorry, but don't let that be evidence that you were abandoned or unlovable. If you ended up being adopted, let that be evidence that you were lovable or or that you just survived. Let your story be one of tenacity and strength and courage. You choose. Life's a choose-your-own-adventure, but that's not just for our future. That's also for our past. We get to rewrite that. And in the example of the, the twins and the soldiers, they didn't change their memories of the past. They changed the stories they created about it. They changed the language they used to describe it. Language is so important. And the most important language is, is what you're saying to yourself. So mind your mind closely. I mean, we, we hear people say this all the time. Things never work out for me. But for every one time they say it out loud, they say it 50 times in their head. They've trained their brain to always look for how things don't work out for them. They will always see situations where it won't work out. It's a vicious cycle. But as Tony Robbins says, what's wrong is always available. But so is what's right. You can train your brain so that you're seeing all the ways things are working out for you. It's just what you choose to focus on. Sometimes people will actually kind of scoff at someone who tells himself a good story. They're, say someone's confident or arrogant or pompous. We need to make it okay to tell the positive story. We can't say, oh, things are good, but, and point out the negative because we have to somehow balance the scales. With you say it aloud or you say it to yourself, the most important things you're saying is to you. If you keep telling yourself over and over again that that you're not good with people, that becomes your story. That becomes your reality. You can be bad at people, but that's your choice. Can you suddenly become really good with people? Yeah. Can you be bad at math and suddenly become good with math? Yeah. Can you be terrible at sales and suddenly become a great salesperson? All the time. You're insecure. You lack confidence. Do you know how quickly you can change lack of confidence? like that by telling yourself a different story to figure out how to rewrite your story. Imagine that you've just woken up from a coma, that you're in the hospital room with doctors standing near your bed. They tell you what your name is, who you are, and what you do for a living. Imagine if they said, you're a concert pianist. How would you conduct yourself if you believed that you were this amazing concert pianist? What story would you tell yourself? What would you believe about yourself? Now, what if instead they told you you were a Navy SEAL? You are going to show up differently. You're going to behave differently because of the story they gave you. You're naturally going to be different. That's the power of telling yourself a different story. Now, you get to wake up from the coma. You get to give you the story. Tomorrow, we can just decide, hey, I'm a singer or a dancer or Liz across the street. She can say I'm a runner. She can get a T-shirt that says run or die. I don't know if that's a T-shirt, but it should be. She can get a big T-shirt that says run or die. She can put a 13.1 sticker on the back of her car. Liz, you got this. You can decide. You can decide that's your story. You can decide, you know what? I don't like being a lawyer because that really sucks. I had a I had a good friend that was a divorce attorney. And one day she looked and said, you know what? I hate conflict. I hate doing this kind of work. And I'm just not going to do it anymore. She'd spent years and money invested. Her family story was invested in her being a lawyer. Her husband was invested in her being a lawyer. But then she changed it. She said, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to change my story. I'm not made to be a lawyer. I'm made to be something very, very different. And I will tell you, she is a lot happier 
But the one thing that I always want to come across is at any point you can change your story and then you're changing your life. We've all got a story. Identify what that story is. And then know you have got the power to change it. Just start believing something else and you can create something out of nothing. That coma you've been in, wake up. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.